The Kate Daly Show starts now. Americans yearn to explore life's deepest truths and to say their entertainment or their idea of entertainment is sex and violence and crime is an insult to their goodness and intelligence. We are people who believe love can triumph over hate, creativity over destruction, and hope over despair. And that's why so many millions hunger for God's good news. I've always believed that we were, each of us put here for a reason, that there, there is a plan, somehow a divine plan for all of us. And I know now that whatever days are left to me belong to him. I also believe this blessed land was set apart in a very special way. Well, of course it was. I agree. Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. Happy New Year to you. Gosh, can you believe we're January 2019? I can't believe we're going to be saying 2020 next year. It's just bizarre, isn't it? Um, It takes me six months to get used to even thinking or writing 2019. (laughs) So by the time I finally get to it, uh, the year's over. So anyway, uh, that's my luck. Uh, Welcome. Welcome back. Uh, Big thank you to Melissa. Uh, You know, I was thinking about those eye-opening moments. I'm kind of extra reflective today because I... You know, my son is coming home after not seeing him for two years. And, and, uh, I, I just, I am, he's changed so much. He's changed so much because he's had so many life experiences that have taught him so much in such a short period of time, living in another country and doing service and, and, uh, just, I don't know, becoming a man. And I, I wish every kid had that opportunity, you know? Um, and as he's on the plane right now coming home, it's pretty amazing. I haven't, I haven't had the chance to hug him for two years. And I, I've been reflective lately because it's, uh, it's emotional, but it's also just, wow. You just, when I see the growth, uh, in him and it's been pretty amazing to watch, it's, it is a really neat experience to see that in a lot of different ways. I see it in people opening their eyes to government. I, I see it when you finally, it almost actually surprises me when people aren't awake. (laughs) Does that make sense? When I, when people are not awake, I'm thinking, do you really believe all of that? I mean, I'm almost an astonishment. It's, it's just a pure astonishment of it's right in front of your face. How can you not see it? It's like being at that wrestling match and not knowing that it's orchestrated. Um, but there are, there are a hefty amount of people out there that still believe hook, line and sinker, everything they're hearing, uh, from media and government. And, um, and I, I realize the mistake, one of the mistakes, you know, that we make too is, is that we let Congress really slide. You know, they lie and never fulfill any of their promises, not even one. And we keep electing them thinking they're going to. Yet when it comes to Trump, we put an eagle eye on every single move he makes, every tweet, every everything. And it's so odd to me because I'm thinking, why do we do that with him, but not with all of Congress? Um, We really have kind of a bizarre set of expectations and a bizarre way that we look at things sometimes. And this hour, I wanted to shed some light on maybe some ideology and how to open up eyes, how to how to really open up eyes, though. I mean, how do you get people to see the wrestling match, so to speak? How do you get people to notice what's really going on? Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Happy New Year, Kate. Happy New Year to you. What's on your mind? 
Al Capone's business card mm-hmm. said he dealt in used furniture. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> now, wow. I'm sure the trucks in the warehouse mm-hmm. was king and sure. handy, but he was running booze in Prohibition yeah. for our younger listeners. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's true. Yeah. Hmm. It, people, it, just because they say they're one thing, they're not. Like Mr. Romney. Yeah. He thinks he's a conservative. He plays like he's a conservative. He's not. He's a globalist through and through. 100%. Uh, the same for a lot of these people. So is They're Paul just not Ryan. They claim yeah. to be. Yep. It's the establishment club. Paul Ryan, the McCain, the, the Lindsey Graham. They're, they're not going to change. They're all in the same club. They all work together. They, and they all get the microphone. Have you noticed that? Um, the establishment gets the microphone often. It's true. Well, uh, it was it was a while back, just before the holidays. Mm-hmm. This lady on either ABC or CBS, she's going on about the tyranny of talk radio. The tyranny? How funny! Well, I, I I'm not a big techie, ra- uh-huh. Kate, but uh-huh. I can change the station on my radio. <laughs> I can turn it on or off. I can even so unplug true. it. You're right. You are right. And a lot of good people are finally saying, you know what? I'm going to limit. I'm going to limit this bombardment of nonsense. It's true. Yeah. Say hi to your son. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. And I I agree. Uh, More and more people are taking a little vacation from the social media garbage uh, that's well, the stuff that's coming out of there. Also, though, some truth that you can find some truth in, in social media too, and some eye opening um, information as well. Uh, thank goodness we're able to do that now. I, you know, I was I was looking at uh, at an article um, about the shutdown. And does your give a darn, give a darn? <laughs> I'm wondering if you, what your thoughts were about the shutdown, about this modified shutdown. And, uh, and it was talking about how the, the deep state is just completely coming unglued because, of course, uh, you know, it threatens their profit uh, stability um, when they're making money off of war. But to take the troops out, that, you know. Uh, warmongers and uh, profiteers hate that, you know. It really does expose who the globalists are because they're the ones screeching at the at the top of the hill about it and um, over social media about it. So it's really easy right now to pinpoint those people. But I was I was thinking about this last year and some of the things that went really right and some of the things that I've loved seeing and witnessing. Um, and that maybe, well, I'll take a caller and then I'll, I'll, I'll go on with this. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Um, Lindsey Graham, there are reports that he Mm -hmm. has been doing some things behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I think he, it's possible Mm -hmm. that he has finally figured out that what you do with someone you don't like is you work with what you got and -hmm. you try to make him better Mm -hmm. rather than complaining about him. Hmm. And it's just based on a couple of reports in the last few weeks where he's had some private meetings and I'm like, huh. That's really, and that was my response to Mitt Romney's article on on Facebook and Twitter. Both mm-hmm. work with what you've got. You don't right. have to like the president personally. Right. Nobody, you know, yeah. you don't have to. But he's what you've got. Make him better, and quit your complaining mm-hmm. just because you don't like right. him personally. Okay. You know, most yeah. of us who voted for Trump, mm-hmm. we're not inviting him over to dinner. Mm-hmm. We want him to I would love job. to have him for That's dinner. <laughs> I would love well, to have him for too, dinner. Right. 
<laughs> but it really doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. that, that stuff, it no longer matters. We had a guy for eight years who seemed like a really nice guy. He lives with his mother-in-law. How many men would be willing to do that? Mm-hmm. But he was a disaster as a president. A yeah. disaster. Yeah. So he... take what you've got. Make that person there better. Yeah. And, and he was he was even more up. than a disaster. He's a globalist uh, thug is really right, what he was. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The, I, the list of why he was a disaster right. is so long. Oh, I'll you take, don't have enough time to, to talk about. I'll take days, Trump any day of the week and twice on Tuesday. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yep. Thank you. I really appreciate sure. the call. Yep. Um, I, there's a lot of good things uh, that have come out of this year. And uh, and he is he's trying to fulfill some promises. And I know that he can't fulfill them all. So there always is going to be a section of uh, society that isn't happy, but there's no way it's too entrenched in, in corruption. There's no way you could get all the. I, I couldn't get a list of to do's done. How would you do it? So, Webb, um, there was an article about the New York Times, the former New York Times executive editor slamming uh, the new um, editor of the Times and saying it's anti-Trump and so forth. Jill Abramson, by the way, um, she ran the Times from 2011 to 2014. And it was really interesting, uh, her writing this book, Merchants of Truth. <laughs> and I just laugh because, really, the Times? Uh, hello, Carlos. Uh, but, uh, yeah, th- it's ridiculous to think that um, that they were merchants of the truth they have not been at all um and so you at least there's some a little bit of exposing of this done by their own people but it's never going to be the jagged edge story that it should be ever because they don't they won't be able to won't be able to print something like that that's why when something happens you might see a little nod from the times or the uh, washington post but they'll never delve into the story uh those are the stories that are real truth so then you at least know where to hunt right hi caller welcome to the show go right ahead kate i have one short comment okay actually a question i really sure (laughs) when you come right down to it all right with the government shutdown which is really Mm -hmm. in a way not a government shutdown because large sectors of the government are still running Mm -hmm. so we know that yeah but they claim these are non-essential employees which my question is if they're non-essential then why are they there well yeah (laughs) four hundred forty thousand of them yeah why are they there Yeah, let's just let them go get it over with and we'll be happier i agree do you realize that now in this country we have 42 million uh government jobs even down to local no 42 million and, and growing isn't that amazing? I know. It's, 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 it basically, you're going to have the proletariat, the proletariat and the rest of it. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. I really love the phone call. Take Thank care. you so much. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, so how do we open people's eyes? Because that's always a, a, big, a, a big talking point for me. I know talking to even Chrisanne. Chrisanne was a hardcore liberal. Chrisanne was somebody that just ate up. Uh, liberal premises, liberal talking points, until she finally started realizing... Um, the truth and going back to principles and realizing, you know, what everything was about. And it's always been a a sort of a a quest, if you will, for me to find out how to do that. Because wouldn't you like to do that? Wouldn't you like to open up the eyes of maybe the family members you just sat across from, across from the turkey and dinner and, and tried to talk to, but you're on two different planes because one believes everything the media says and one realizes it's a sham. It's how do you break that barrier? And, uh, and, and I was, as I was looking at the shutdown and all the, you know, all the stuff that's being played out in front of us, um, which I'm actually was glad that he stuck to his guns a little bit. I was really happy to see that, to tell you the truth. That was my first reaction. But I also know that it's a dog and pony show, really, in the big 
grand scheme of things. Um, and so how do we do that? And there was a piece written 60 years ago I want to talk about when I come back because it sheds some light on how to get people to understand and to, and to move forward looking at some obvious truths and simplifying those obvious truths. So when I come back, let's talk because... If we don't know how to reach those people, then all we're doing is preaching to the choir and that's not going to work. It's not going to help anybody. Um, I always love it when we have new callers calling into the show, new people listening that would never turn on a show like this, but they're getting informed. So let's, let's work on this when I come back. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com, and I will take your calls. 888-673-1450. Be right back. Hey everyone, quick message here. I just wanted to tell you about uh, about something Birch Gold is doing over the next week. And you know, the reason I tell you to go to them is this is who I trust. There's a lot of people that come to me that want me to refer to them, to sell gold and silver to them or what have you. Nope, no way. This is who I trust. I trust Birch Gold. And this is why I talk about them on the air. And this is why I waited 13 years to talk about anyone on the air is I really wanted to make sure it was somebody I knew I could trust. This is why Ron Paul trusts them, Steve Bannon trusts them, a lot of people with a lot of money. And let me just tell you, they're very, very good at what they do, and they're very good at advice. They have a Black Friday event uh, from uh, March, <laughs> from November 17th to November uh, 24th, okay? And when you open a gold IRA and back it with gold, which might not cost you anything to do for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold is going to send you a free gold bar. And this is, you have to text Kate to 989898. Okay. That, that phone number 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. All right. So Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold for no money out of pocket and you still get the free gold bars. Isn't that amazing? For every 10000 you put into an account backed with gold, you're going to get a free gold bar. I just think that's kind of amazing. So take advantage of this. It is, um, it is uh, the 17th uh, through the 24th. Just make sure you go and do this. Text 989898 and text my name. All right? Really appreciate you doing that because I know you're going to get the information you need. Information's free. So this is just going to give you the info and then you can decide what to do. But it's some good advice for you. And I really like good advice. You know that. I do my homework. But this is who I trust most importantly. And I want to I want to stress that this is who I trust. These are the guys I trust. Thanks, you guys. Happy New Year from Nielsen RV. Wouldn't this be a fantastic year? 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. There's something happening here. But it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there. Telling me I've got to beware. Hi there. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show at your service today, live. I am back on vacation. And uh, it was a great vacation, by the way. Um, I hope you did. I hope you had one, too. I hope you had a fantastic time with uh, relatives, family, friends, and uh, just had some downtime. I stayed away from the media in large because I just 
needed a break. Don't we all? Don't we all need a break? Um, but I'm happy to be back, hopeful, hopefully optimistic, and uh, and very aware. <laughs> How do you like them apples, huh? Um, very aware, but uh, optimistic. Um, there was a, a great piece uh, that was written um, that Milton Friedman does a, a, a super uh, job on. And I want to talk about this because it, it was it's eye-opening when you start to realize how this changed people's view about things um, and how people go from the love of government and central planning to to becoming somebody that a freedom fighter to becoming somebody that is very aware and realizes what it takes to have a country like this what it was built on and so you realize how do you or not realize but you you try to get back to the basics with people and to educate them on you know on on the nature of America why it was so it was such a special place and um, and how do these people that live here uh, and experience capitalism become these government loving people who think nothing can be done without the government being at the head of it or involved in some way. And so there was a great piece um, that was written that, that talked about how um, the, uh, the work I pencil changed their life. And this is a great, a great piece. I want to play this piece by Milton Friedman uh, talking about, uh, it's just a two minute clip and it talks about I pencil. And I love this for this, for the simplicity because he could have talked about an airplane. He could have talked about all kinds of things, but he chose a pencil for a reason. And let me uh, let me play this because it'll be the reason that he's explaining this will be for different reasons than we think. Do you remember the whole Obama speech about you didn't build that? Basically, tearing away at capitalism and saying that it was our help that you needed. Um, you couldn't have done that without us, without the government. Um, this is a a very different take on that, on our, our participation in capitalism. So here's iPencil. I loved this. Here you go. Milton the basic Friedman. principles underlying the free market, as Adam Smith taught them to his students in this university, are really very simple. Look at this lead pencil. There's not a single person in the world who could make this pencil. Remarkable statement? Not at all. The wood from which it's made, for all I know, comes from a tree that was cut down in the state of Washington. To cut down that tree, it took a saw. To make the saw, it took steel. To make the steel, it took iron ore. This black center, we call it lead, but it's really graphite, compressed graphite. I'm not sure where it comes from, but I think it comes from some mines in South America. This red top up here, the eraser, bit of rubber, probably comes from Malaya, where the rubber tree isn't even native. It was imported from South America by some businessmen with the help of the British government. This brass ferrule, I haven't the slightest idea where it came from, or the yellow paint, or the paint that made the black lines, or the glue that holds it together. Literally thousands of people cooperated to make this pencil. People who don't speak the same language who practice different religions, who might hate one another if they ever met. When you go down to the store and buy this pencil, you are in effect trading a few minutes of your time for a few seconds of the time of all those thousands of people. What brought them together and induced them to cooperate to make this pencil? 
There was no commissar sending out offices from, sending out orders from some central office. It was a magic of the price system, the impersonal operation of prices that brought them together and got them to cooperate to make this pencil so that you could have it for a trifling sum. That is why the operation of the free market is so essential, not only to promote productive efficiency, but even more to foster harmony and peace among the peoples of the world. Love that. See, when Obama was doing his speech, you didn't build that speech. Everybody was incensed at like they should have been because it was basically telling the people that they couldn't do anything without government, <laughs> that we were obsolete without government. And the most amazing lie about that was just completely, um, uh, you know, not even mentioning the ingenuity of people and that that what we have has come by way of ingenuity and perseverance and a willingness to think outside the box and a free market and also uh, the adventure of capitalism. I was, I was on a, um, I had a gal that was on my Facebook page for quite a while and she was quite liberal. And the only thing that we really agreed on was Syria. And I had her on the show a couple of times and, and we really agreed on what was happening in Syria. And this is so fascinating, but there was a, a conversation that was had on her Facebook page about capitalism and about the ingenuity of people. And that, uh, and I started talking about, it, it, somehow in the conversation this came up and it was sort of to a slight to me that I'm this stupid conservative that, that, that believes in capitalism and capitalism is ruining the world. And she threw me off her page, blocked me <laughs> because, and I asked her why in private message. I said, why did you do that? And she said, because I don't like what you're saying about capitalism. I don't agree. And I said, but the interesting thing is you can't prove me wrong, but you just don't like it. It doesn't fit within your grand scheme of, of what you believe in. And so, you know, you can't disprove it, but you just don't like what I'm saying. And she basically consented that she just didn't like it and that uh, I don't get it and that capitalism is ruining the world. And I, I, <laughs> I honestly can't believe that, um, that somebody would think that. Because on the backs of Americans, uh, ingenuity, uh, what we're able to produce and what we're able to come up with, and in, like in the pencil, many different components and can be components from different countries come into play to make something. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. It's how it should be, right? I mean, yeah, that's really what the founders were about was trade with other countries and, and also having the freedom to utilize capitalism. That's what gave this country its wealth, property ownership, and of course, uh, you know, via capitalism. I, I also had a, a liberal on the show not too long ago, maybe a couple of weeks back, that was talking about um, greed. And was saying, you know, um, they're so greedy. And, and if I could, I'd go up and I'd take part of this guy's farm because he's got too much. And, and uh, what was it, Ted Turner, Ted Turner's farm. He has too much and, and he needs to give some of that back. And it was, no, that's not, that's not how you do it. Uh, you don't get to decide, um, wh you know, where that begins and ends. And you can't just take something from somebody else. And people that love government tend to think this way. And so the thought's always been, how do they get to that point? In describing the pencil, 
I thought Milton Friedman did a, a great job in describing all the components and that it was a uh, it wasn't necessarily a collaborative effort. It was more of an effort to search out the pieces that would put that pencil together and utilizing them. And that takes ingenuity. So it comes by way of of accessing. Right. Uh, like he said, a thousand people. Um, so when Obama says you didn't build that, well, you did build it. You just accessed a lot of different points to build it. And don't we do that all the time? I remember hearing a long time ago, and it always stuck with me, that there's only been a few original ideas. And everybody else kind of took from those ideas, and that's our ideas today. <laughs> it's very true. I get it. Very, very true premise. But it was, it was interesting um, when people that believe in central planning government, when they believe truly in government controlling things and, and making things right, how this changes their life when they start to look at something very simple. And sometimes I don't think we realize how simple it has to be for people to understand um, how things work, right? For people to finally get it, that at the root of the, of the amazing um, things that we've had happen in a fairly new country uh, called America, that it happened by way of allowing freedom to take place, right? Of, of, of us exercising our God-given right to freedom and what that can do for ingenuity. Think about the uh, late uh, 1700s, early 1800s. Think about all the technology that came after the year 1800, here, but even here in America and around the world, right? If you really look at that and you look at the thousand years before that, think about that. There wasn't a whole lot of of, of ingenuity going on. When people are free to exercise that part of them, it's truly amazing what can happen. Yet there are people that want to squash that. There are people that say, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> you can't, you can't have that. Um, and I've, I've been reading, I read quite a few journeys actually, um, of people that believed in, in central planning and believed that, uh, people are bad and government, uh, created the means to protect them from their vices and how this changed their whole attitude. <laughs> What's a high pencil written 60 years ago by Reed. I mean, this is, it, isn't it interesting how a piece like that can change um, these people that think they're so smart? Because when you talk to somebody that's very, very liberal, it's always amazing how much they truly at their core don't trust other people, don't like other people. They want the government to tell them what to do. They want the government to come in and control every aspect of their life so that they feel better going to bed knowing that the government has their eye on, on people in general. But when did we have the most ingenuity, you know, is when we've exercised the most freedom. Um, so this person was writing about this and talking about their intellectual journey and how, and how these things that, that, that she believed, they said, didn't make me just wrong. It created a darkness for, for this person to believe that people were bad, inherently bad, and would always do wrong things and bad things and that the government was there to save us. And she said she looked at the world with contempt and pity and that, uh, and that she thought until the day that she learned that she couldn't make a pencil. And she said she had spent 10 years believing that she could come up with a better economic system, 10 years thinking that she could choose better for others and they could choose for themselves. 10 years of superiority and, 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 and just, you know, looking down at people, uh, and she said there was a real paradigm shift 
when I looked at the simple pencil and realized that it's hard to be that arrogant, as smart as you are, you can't make a pencil because of all the components that you have to have to do that. You can't just do that. And, and that you need the freedom to be able to exercise uh, this and to be able to put that together. Without the freedom to put that together, how, would, how in the world would you make it? How in the world would you do it? And, and the belief that she had to realize that she had to gravitate toward in the population itself. As loving as liberals want to, progressive liberals want to say that they are, isn't it amazing how much they don't trust you? <laughs> and, and they're the, supposed to be the, the loving and kindness party. Everything isn't what it seems. Isn't that true? Isn't it exactly the opposite? It's funny, isn't it? It's funny that those people just do not trust. Do they, they just do not trust people to exercise their own freedom. Uh, I'll take your calls when I come back. 888-67-PTA. A message from the ad. A man might find a bed. He just grinned and shook my hand. No was all he said. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. Glad to be back in, boy, 2019. Feels weird, doesn't it? I uh, hope that your holiday was great and Happy New Year to you. Uh, just wanted to bring this up because I know that a lot of us struggle with how to wake people up. How do you get the populace woke? <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, uh, there's a, a kind of a 60th anniversary of iPencil. And I pencil, uh, Milton Friedman talks about this, but also uh, this was written by uh, Reed, who uh, this is the 60th anniversary of this. And it's it's um, it's honestly it's a fantastic, simplified version that really got people thinking about what free market capitalism is all about and 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 why we conservatives um, hold it in high esteem <laughs> And it really goes down to that root core belief system of a liberal progressive who feels though as though people can't ever be trusted. And you'll see a lot of conservatives feel like this too. Uh, they want government. They want government a little a lot. They want they 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 like government light because government light makes them feel better. It makes them feel like everybody is going to be watched a little bit more. Maybe the government's uh, coming in to help them a little bit more. And it really does sort of take you on a journey of understanding what government's about. And so Obama back in the you didn't build that era uh, <laughs> that just infuriated conservatives. And it should have because should have infuriated us because because he was insinuating government had to be behind everything you did and that you're so insignificant, you little peon, that you can't do anything without government involvement. And this truly is the opposite of that. And and it is is you built that because you were able to reach out and grab components from other people and other places that you had the ability and freedom to do so, to be able to use your own ingenuity um, and perseverance to to figure out something new, to do something new. And as this person, I was really looking at this person's journey. That's what I was really intrigued by, was this progressive liberal who was writing about seeing, uh, reading I pencil down to the elements of a pencil. All the elements of a pencil, you could never make one on your own because there's so many elements involved that you would have to know how to make or have access to in order to make a pencil. And it's so simple, right? So it's such a simple lesson. And this person um, 
her last name is Beck Peter. She was talking about how um, her her paradigm shift and how she got there. And listen to this because it's very intriguing, isn't it? If you really kind of go into somebody's mind and how they how they stopped thinking in this way that government was the answer. And she said, it's hard to be arrogant when you realize as smart as you are, you can't make a pencil. It changes that changes the way you look at the world. And suddenly everything man made around you is transformed into a miracle. Suddenly each tiny thing connects you to the millions of strangers who unknowingly cooperated to bring your world into being. Everything you touch, everything you love is created by people you'll never meet. People who didn't wake up with the goal of making your life better, but of providing for their own families. Made, but it made your life better in more ways than you'll ever comprehend. These people know things you'll never learn. Maybe even things you'd consider beneath you. Mining, factory work, sanitation. Many of these people might even be less educated than you are right now and make less money than you or more money. There is a societal narrative that tells you that you're superior to those that make less than you. But your world would not exist without them. It's really kind of a humbling experience, isn't it? When you realize that, that the pencil can open your eyes to, to an honest-to-goodness miracle. That each and every person can make the world better through their own unique skills and experiences. And so the dignity and worth of each individual stems from their ability to improve the world by just being themselves with their own God-given talents. And that, but having the ability to pursue them, uh, which improves the life of others. So there's no work that does not improve the life of others. Even work as humble as mining the graphite for a pencil's lead. Capitalism is a system that this gal, this liberal progressive, she held in contempt even. But it allowed her to create value for others in our own unique way and be rewarded for it. So every dollar we earn is a thank you from someone who benefited from our work. And every dollar we spend is a thank you to the people who created that which we buy and enjoy or use. And she said, seeing all this for the first time was like Dorothy stepping into Oz. Can you imagine this? The world was bright and meaningful in ways I'd never imagined. Gratitude flooded my heart. And she said, uh, the light vanquished all the darkness of my arrogance. You know, I'm thinking about these words that she's writing and this paradigm shift that she went through. And wouldn't we love everybody to have this paradigm shift? And how everybody got so far out of whack it's pretty amazing, but that's done by a very, uh, in its own way, <laughs> a very um, uh, intrinsic uh, ability of people that shared their talents for nefarious reasons, who got us to this point after 150 years, 100 years of believing uh, that government had to be in charge. Um, you know, I was uh, I was looking at Social Security today. Social Security is going to be uh, changing um, here soon, 2022, and then um, they won't have any funds by 2035, right? We've, we've all kind of known this was coming. And I thought about the, the way in which they, they introduced this to all of us and how government was going to save all the poor and they were going to save all of the disadvantaged. That's how they posed the program, right? It was, this is going to save all of those that, that need the saving and we're going to do it. And then it turned into, well, everybody has to put it in so everybody, you know, can get it out and and so forth. Um, Your little retirement thing. Although if you would have taken that same money, you would have had a lot more money, wouldn't you have, if you were able to invest it. And this big lie that we were told that the government had to take care of us, uh, create this dependency and how we bought into it. 
And I was thinking about the paradigm shift for people back then who bought into it. Doesn't that kind of intrigue you a little bit? How and why a people that, w- that were built on ingenuity, that truly from hard work and sweat and blood and tears in building companies and in putting their everything, risking it all, thinking that the government should be there to, to, to be the saving grace. How did we get there? And then how do we pull these people out from this abyss that they're in, this incredible lie? We're seeing a lot of people around the globe warp into this socialism, communism way of thinking that a government in charge makes for a better country. (laughs) And I'm trying to find out how to get people back into understanding the truth about even that pencil, how that pencil came into being. Why do we have that pencil? Who did the lead? Who did the eraser? What parts do you have to have to make an eraser, to make a pencil? You cannot do it. You could not go in your garage and just create a pencil right now. You'd have to know where to get these parts to put them together. And you'd have to understand that this was built on the backs of those that had ingenuity before you that created their own component. You're putting them together. And that is you, that is your talent. That is what you're bringing forth. Right. Um, and you're not insignificant, like Obama would have wanted everyone to believe that they were some insignificant piece of the puzzle and that you had to have government. No, you just have to have other people that have the ingenuity that you can build off of. Government never had a part in it, never should have had a part in it, doesn't have to have a part today in that. But for some reason, we keep thinking or, or wanting to buy into that as a whole, as a country. Why do we gravitate toward that? Is it because the old Shakespeare uh, quote, that which you have within, can you see without? Is it because we don't, they don't trust themselves, so they don't trust others? You know, it always strikes me that they are, that, that there's a party of, uh, that, well, that the liberal progressives think they are the party of love, but they want the government to control you. <laughs> a government that knows no bounds. A government that has no control a lever that you can shut off. Um, and and I, I, I'm really pressed to find out how we can reel these people in. When she's talking about her, her epiphany, this moment where she kind of pulled herself out of this dark thought of you can't trust, trust anybody to do anything right, so you must legislate them. Um, I thought about, can you imagine 80% of our country feeling or having this sort of paradigm shift 60% of our country, even 30%, I'll even settle for that. Having that kind of paradigm shift where they believed and trusted each other more so than they would ever trust the government to do anything with our money. (laughs) I look at how much money was squandered in social security and what the government did with all those funds and what they've been doing with all those funds since its inception. And I was doing some back research on that, and it's pretty amazing what they've gotten away with. But we don't call them on it because somewhere along the line in the last 100 years, we bought into it, it just being what it is, right? That we have to have that somehow, some way that nobody would get taken care of if it wasn't for that. Although before that, people were taken care of by churches and nonprofits, <laughs> but, and people and neighbors and family. But we tend to believe that they never were. 
somewhere along the line, we never took care of them. And they were just dying in the streets. And we know that's not true. And, and we, have to, we have to look at these epiphanies and say, how did you get there so that we can use this by example to help other people? Because of the intellectual journey that this gal went through, she said she changed the course of her life. She abandoned her political ambitions and plans to become a central planner. She dove into uh, philosophy and free market ideas. She, um, you know, basically it changed the whole way she viewed everything. Isn't that funny? Just because of really looking and examining a pencil and knowing that she couldn't make it and knowing what a miracle, everything around her was such a miracle of, of, uh, of what people had done of what people had constructed. I just think that's such an amazing journey to watch and understand so that we can apply that to the people that we know and love in our own lives. Don't you think? Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hey, Kate. Hi um, there. Happy New Year. Happy it New Year. so good that we have you out there speaking truth. Well, thank very, you. Very, very grateful. That, thank you. That voices like yours are there. It really makes a difference when truth is spoken. Um, I love what you're talking about because the founders, um, what they understood was their genius wasn't in that they created something new. Mm-hmm. Their only newness in creation was is that they went into history and just looked at yes. everything that had been tried before yep. and realized what worked and what didn't work. Amen. And they said, "We the republic a republic is the only thing that will work if you can keep it." Right. 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 Uh, Benjamin Franklin said. And so that was their genius, is, is they understood the nature of man, and they, they pitted man's, they didn't trust man with government, mm-hmm. and, and so what they did was they, they balanced the powers, yeah. assuming that man would fight for his power and always want to maintain it, and therefore the balance was built into the structure of how government operated. It's so true. I so and that I, is the genius of the constitution. Yes. I'm so glad you brought this up. We're short on time, but I'm so glad you brought that up because you're tr- you're truly right. It was it was a restoration of God-given rights. <laughs> and and that wasn't inventing something new. That was a realization. And I love that you brought that up. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that Happy you New did Year, that. Kate and all your listeners. Thank yeah. you. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Let me end with this today. Uh, One of the most important books I ever read that gave me an epiphany change, The Law by Frederick uh, Bastiat. Here's what he says. And think about this statement. If the natural tendencies of mankind are so bad that it is not safe to permit people to be free, how is it that the tendencies of these organizers (laughs) by way of government are always good? Are they just the select few? that can be trusted. Isn't that, it's an amazing statement. Do not the legislators, he said, and their appointed agents also belong to the human race? Or do they believe that they themselves are made of finer clay than the rest of mankind? The organizers maintain that society, when left undirected, rushes headlong into its inevitable destruction because of the instincts of the people are so perverse. But aren't they part of us? Aren't we all part of the same human race? What a lie, we were told, right? And then he goes on to say, the legislators claim to stop this suicidal course and give it a saner direction, they say. You know, apparently then the legislators and the organizers have received from heaven an intelligence and virtue placed upon them and above mankind. 
Oh my, you know, let them show their titles of superiority. They would be the shepherds over us, their sheep. Certainly such an arrangement presupposes that they are uh, naturally superior to the rest of us. And certainly we are fully justified in demanding from the legislators and organizers proof of this natural superiority. If mankind is so bad, then how can the, the government be so good as to save us? Great concept to end on. Be faithful, be fearless. See you here tomorrow with Uncle Milty and Chris Ann Hall.